Welcome to the Next Talk Podcast. We are passionate about keeping kids safe in an overexposed world. It's Mandy and Kim, and we're navigating tech, culture, and faith with our kids. So Kim, my husband and I were out and about, you know, uh, just having a day. And a mom came up to me and she, she knew me from Next Talk and she said, I have a question for you. <laughs> she was like, my kid is addicted to screens. Could you help? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and um, I thought, oh my gosh, because I only had like five minutes with her, right? I mean, it was, mm-hmm. people were all around us. It was like this moment. And I thought this may be a really good show because I think, um, I just gave her like one step to try and and see if it makes a difference, right? That was it. I didn't go into this big old long educational spiel about screen addiction and all the things. And so I, I remember texting you thinking, I wonder if this would be a good little show. Um, because I do feel like all of us feel that way sometimes. Like I felt that way for sure. Like, oh my gosh, I've really screwed this up. They're addicted. They're, they're on their screens all the time, especially as they get older <laughs> And they're always talking to their friends online. Like they're always communicating with their friends through their phone. It's so true. And I mean, don't do what I did, which is like, I think it was the Wall Street Journal or some news popped up on my phone, like an alert. And it was like, are you addicted to your phone? Take this quiz. And I did. And it was like, oh, yes, you are so addicted. And then I was like, oh, my kids are, my husband, everybody. And so you can go down that path and then you end up spewing that off to your kid, which is so off-putting because this is something that they really enjoy. It's the way they stay connected to their friends and their girlfriends and boyfriends and their whole life. And so it's hard to find that balance of bringing it up and having the conversation with them without pushing them away. Well, I mean, we used to go to the mall, right? And we would do Mm -hmm. inside jokes and you know, laugh and and Mm -hmm. talk about what was happening in our lives and our crushes and all the things at the mall, right? That's what we would do. They come home and they do that on their phones with their friends, like through the group texts, through the DMs, right? And so that's why how they're staying connected to their friends. Now, some kids are doing bad things. And so you do have to separate that out if it's not just oh, I'm just hanging out with my friends here versus, you know, watching pornography. We've got to understand the difference, but we can't always just rush to our kids are addicted. This is a horrible problem. Um, I do want to speak into this word like addicted too. I think it's, it's one of those terms like bullying. I think it's Mm -hmm. overused. Mm -hmm. I think it puts a label on someone and it makes that person feel shamed. Like I know with my husband, you know, we joke all the time. And sometimes when I'm on my phone too much, when he says, Mandy, you're addicted to your phone. (laughs) Like it makes me feel bad, right? It makes me feel like I'm screwing everything up. I'm wrong. Um, And I've noticed with my kids, when I do that, it shuts down conversation. And they are, again, picking up a negative label for their life that I don't Mm -hmm. want for them. So that's really what I want to talk about. Like what I told this mom, like off the cuff, try this first kind of thing. I'm really glad that you said that because the, you know, the kids will even use the words like addiction and bullying and stuff all the time. I'm depressed all the time and they just lose their power. And so I'm always telling my kids, you know, there are people who are truly addicted, who are really being bullied, um, who really are clinically depressed. And we need to honor that because 
those are places and spaces in someone's life where they need serious medical help. So using that word off the cuff kind of does a disservice to the power of that word. And so you're right, Mandy, we really need to pay attention to that and explain to our kids why it's important not to use those words just like in a blase, fair kind of way. Well, and Kim, that's exactly what I said to this mom. I, I, I looked at her and I was like, I, I think all of us feel that way sometimes that our kids are addicted to screens. We, we all feel that way. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to shift your language. Because when we tell our kids they're addicted, we're putting a negative negative label on them, and it's it's creating this place of shame where they're not they're not going to talk to you anymore about it. Like they're not because you're just being critical and telling them everything that they're doing wrong. So why don't you shift your language? And I think this is really really important. Like I think we defined this on our video study, like a stronghold versus an addiction right? I think many people, their phones have a stronghold on them. Like we're all struggling with this balance, all Mm -hmm. of us, adults, kids, all of us. Right. But I think it's real important that if we say, Hey, your screen may have a stronghold on you. We need to identify that before it becomes an addiction. Then it becomes a conversation of we're identifying these things in our life that are not healthy that we may need to change instead of, oh my gosh, I'm a screw up. I'm an addict kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's a shift there to where it it's like, I don't w- want to become a person who ignores everybody in real life. I don't want to become the person who comes home from school and all they do is game and they don't talk to anybody. I don't want to, you know, eventually grow up and have my own family and ignore my own family because I'm addicted to my screen. Like, I don't want to become this person. Mm -hmm. So over here, while I'm 16, I'm going to recognize this does have a stronghold on me and that's okay because everybody's kind of struggling to figure it out. But what can I do to make that better? And then you're like alerted to it. You're, you're more intentional about when you're spending time on a screen and how you're spending that time. Well, and I think this is a great opportunity to do something that's really hard, which is look in the mirror yourself. Uh, like Mandy said, we're all in this space of a stronghold. And this is a wonderful opportunity to be very humble with your kid and, and honest and say, you know, this is something I'm really struggling with. And I see in your life as well, you're having the same kind of stronghold or struggle. And what if together we work on some new habits or some new things that we do to help us have a better balance? Then again, it's not about shaming or cutting things off. It's about let's help each other to do better. And it allows that conversation to continue to go because You can encourage each other. What do you think we should do? How can we do that? And then in the day-to-day, as time goes by, it also creates space for that conversation without it being awkward, like, oh my gosh, my mom is always nagging me about the phone. Instead, it's, how did you do today? Like, I struggled at this time, or I did really good, and it felt really good. So it, it it's a beginning point that allows a connection and growth together, and also it's that long-term of I can create conversation around this and it's not nagging and annoying to my kid. 
I love how you presented that. A couple things came to mind is, you know, that Bible verse, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we want that kind of relationship, especially as our kids get older and they're kind of growing up and learning on their own and pulling away a bit, which is totally normal, right? That, that accountability is still there. That conversation of we're all trying to figure it out. How are you doing? How am I doing? So I love that. Um, The other thing that I really liked that you said was the look in the mirror. You know, that's one of our next top core principles on how to create open communication in your home. And that look in the mirror is so important. And share like a detailed story with your kids. You know, if they're struggling and they're like, I really am struggling turning off the Xbox because I love this game so much. And I love being connected. You know, I I love playing this. Um, and I can feel the draw to it. I mean, you share a story like, oh, yeah, the other night, dad and I crawled in bed and here I was on Facebook. What am I doing? Like I see dad 15 minutes a day, really, where we get to have a conversation. And I was on Facebook and dad had to remind me, what are you doing? Get off of your <laughs> phone right now. Right. It's our it's spouse t- talk time. It's not screen time. And so again, you're looking in the mirror and sharing with your kid, I'm not perfect either on this. I'm figuring out also. Um, and you paint a beautiful picture, Kim, of, of learning hand in hand together, keeping each other accountable, working towards the same goal. The other thing that I think would be really helpful too is, and you can Google some of these stories. I mean, there's there's tons out there of, you know, dad addicted to gaming or something where, you know, lives are destroyed. Like use people, you know, in your real life or stories you've heard or documentaries you've watched or whatever to give examples to your kids. You know what I mean? Like uncle so-and-so really struggles with this. He's been divorced three times. He can't quit gaming. Like, I don't want this for your life. Right. And so what I want for you is, yeah, I'm not saying you can't ever game, but, but do you see how that's unhealthy? It's ruined his life and ruined his marriages and he can't turn it off kind of thing. Um, and you can find these stories. Like I remember years ago, I watched a dateline about it with my kids and it was so good. And it, it followed this dad who he had three three or four young kids and mom would be every night giving kids baths and dinner and he would be downstairs gaming. And it was like mm. ruining the the home, the, 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 the kids, the, the, the marriage, everything was in shambles because he could not stop playing these, this game. He would game all night and then he would go to work in the morning. And so, um, you know, those are really key examples to talk with your kids about. Like, I don't want you to be that. I don't want screens to take over your life. I don't want screens to rob you of the joy of human interaction and of building a family. I don't want that for you. So we have to recognize today, yeah, it may have a stronghold on us, but we're going to do this, this, and this. So it doesn't become that. A few things um, that I want to point out. And one is anytime I use an example like that with my kids, they'll be like, well, that's crazy. That would, you know, I would never do that or that wouldn't happen to me. And it's super important if your kids does that to say, do you think that dad, when he was 14 or 11 or nine, ever thought that that was going to be his life? No one sets out to be addicted to something. We start somewhere and slow that slow trickle effect. And it just one day they look around, they're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? It's not something 
you set out to do. And so make sure you explain that to your kids. It's important for them to understand because it's so easy to say that would never happen to me. And they need to understand it certainly could. And things don't happen overnight. They take time and it creeps up on you so that it's relatable for them and they understand that. And then the other thing is this process of looking in the mirror and this process of learning how to communicate what you're struggling with and helping each other. It's so good to do with, you know, gaming or phones or screens, but making sure that you're making the connection that this is their process for life. So when they're dating, when they are married with their own kids and in their friendships, you know, being vulnerable and transparent about things you're struggling with and working together and learning how to communicate that is such a great life skill. And so anytime we're walking through something like this, I always try to say, hey, I'm just so proud of you. And this is going to help you with other things because we want them to make that connection that the skill that they are learning about how to work through struggles in life is going to help them with other things as they get older. It's so true. It's so true. Identifying where you struggle and being like, okay, I need to do something here different because this is not working for me. It's such a great skill. And then communicating with that, with all the people around you to hold you accountable, you know, your Mm -hmm. loved ones, your closest in your inner circle. I just think that's really good. The other thing I wanted to circle back to what you just said, Kim, is you said it was like a slow trickle effect. Like nobody, nobody sets out to be like, that's going to be my life. I'm not going to be able to turn off the game, you know, when I'm 46 or whatever. I, we just had talk hop on the show and he said the exact same thing about drugs. And, you know, he's a drug expert. He's a retired cop of 18 years and he travels the country speaking about drugs, education and all of that. Um, And the one thing that he said, and I thought it was such a good moment on his show, he said, no cocaine or heroin addict that I've ever worked with started out being a heroin or cocaine addict. It started out with vaping, alcohol, marijuana, something that we would deem maybe smaller or not as Mm -hmm. big of a deal. And I'm using like air quotes there, smaller (laughs) or not as big of a deal. Um, And I think it was such a good moment to remind ourselves that we do have to catch the little things to prevent the big things from happening. And this is that conversation. And like you said, it could apply to screen addiction. It could apply to dating. It could apply to sex, you know, and how far you're going to go, the boundaries around that. I mean, it can apply to so much more, which is why it's such an important conversation. Great point, Mandy. Um, okay, so here you are out with your husband having a day and a mom walks up and asks you this question, like my kid's addicted to screens, what do I do? Are those all the tips you gave her? Or is there anything else you want to share? Yeah, I just really calm, I mean, I really calmly said, and I was I was being for real, like we all feel that way. We all feel that way. Why don't you just shift your language? Instead of using this shameful label of addiction, start talking about how our phones have a stronghold on all of us and then working together to break the habit. Now that was step one. Listen, if you've already done that and you're like, I've tried that for six months, it's not working. We're not getting, I mean, you may, it may, you may need to move on to step two where you're seeing a counselor, where you're getting more people involved or whatever. This was just one. I mean, I didn't know their history. I didn't know the mental health of the child, right? This was just off the cuff this is what I'm recommending. Why don't you shift that language to see if it makes a difference? And so that's what I would recommend anyone out there that's feeling the same way. I've done this in my home a million times 
when I have felt like things were getting out of control, I've shifted the language and then we've had resets. Just like what Kim was saying is we're all kind of out of balance right now. We got to get a handle of this. We don't want this to spiral, that kind of thing. And so I hope it's helpful and just to just to shift that language just a bit and maybe it'll create more open conversation in your home. This podcast is ad-free because of all the people who donate to our nonprofit. Make a donation today at nexttalk.org. This podcast is not intended to replace the advice of a trained healthcare or legal professional or to diagnose, treat, or otherwise render expert advice regarding any type of medical, psychological, or legal problem. Listeners are advised to consult a qualified expert for treatment.